We're still recording. I'm Tony Hannity's. And I'm Quentin McKinnon. And it is your birthday week, month. Birthday Happy week. birthday. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are, I'm sure you know people that do. Like, it's my birthday month, so everyone needs to do something for me oh, for the whole month. The month is, okay, the month is stretching it. Like, I can, I don't I super agree with the birthday week, unless you're doing something like I'm doing where, like, we didn't do a whole lot on my birthday because we're planning something on Friday, then yeah. that's understandable. But birthday month, please tell me you know no one that does that. Oh, yeah, no. My wife and I both know at least one or two people that do, like, a whole birthday month. And really um, what's actually happening is Tony's currently crying because that's actually what he does, and I just no, insulted him. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would probably, if I could like justifiably get away with celebrating my birthday more than one day, I would maybe do a weekend, right? Like maybe not necessarily celebrate my birthday on the actual day, but just wait for the weekend, like the Saturday, Sunday, Mm -hmm. and then, and then be done with it. But my wife and I both have, um... I don't even know if we'll call her a friend, more of a mutual colleague person um, that we used to be close with. But like for the whole month, it would be like, yay, it's, it's me month. Like, no, it's just the month. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I hope you do celebrate with your family, friends, and you take some time away from this crazy world that we live in. Um, but during this crazy world, uh, like we mentioned in the podcast last week, you and I were both at CES 2017, and it is now the time for CES 2018. And like I said last week, I will say it again. I am glad that I am not there. But after reading all these like announcements and everything that's coming out of CES, I'm kind of missing out. <laughs> See, I'm torn for a slightly different reason is after being there and then trying to watch the news this year and trying to keep up with what's going on. I'm not enjoying the news coverage compared to actually being there. Like it is like, I'm trying to find information about the new cameras from Sony and I can't find anything. Like I can't find anything that's easily accessible. Whereas like being there, I just, Oh, I want to see the new cameras from Sony. I'll just go to the Sony booth. It's sure. Even on Sony's website, like I'm just having a rough time trying to find the information. Maybe I need to spend a little more time or learn how to use a website or something. But well, I I will say this to your defense: when it comes to announcements, like CES announcements, because those products are not available to the Gen Pop, um, they probably won't have them on the front page of the website. What you need to do is go into the PR section, the press release section, um, or even there there tends to be a web page within the site called like um, the uh, press room and or the blog section, and they'll that's where they'll have uh, the announcements or even the the weekly newsletters that the companies send out. And this week you'll see a bunch of the newsletters include um, things of um, CES announcements. But that's the thing is I don't want to do that for every product I want to look at like that. Okay. Will, that will well, definitely help now, with the cameras. 
But yeah, man, so it... that's now now you're being picky. <laughs> <laughs> now you're trying to determine how websites uh, show uh, um, how websites work. I get what you mean. It it is frustrating because every every website does do it a little bit differently. Um, and I know like LG is a great example too. Like on their first off, LG is weird. LG will announce all of their things the week before CES. They've done this for years. And then when you get the CES, you know exactly what you're getting, and their keynote is fairly boring because you already knew of what's coming up. And then when you go to the website, like you, you'd be like, okay, where is all the stuff that you're talking about? And you have to go, like I said, to the press room part of the website, and it has maybe one photo of what it is of the, of the product. But it's like a really crappy, tiny stock photo. And you're like, I want to zoom into this, and I can't. <laughs> yeah, I want to get terrible. different angles and stuff. And it's like, nah, here's your one photo. Deal with it. Well, with that being said, um, of the announcements that did come out, what what stood out to you? If, if you had a – how about you talk about one product or announcement that was exciting to you, and I'll talk about one, and then you talk about another, and I'll talk about one – We'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then we'll uh, hopefully come to a point where it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start with you? Okay. Well, I'm going to start with something that I don't even know if you're f- f- uh, totally familiar with, but it's something that I think you would be all in on. Razer has actually teamed up with Philips to bring the chroma lighting to your entire home. But didn't they announce this this last year? So they didn't announce this last year. What you and I saw last year, Project Aria, was was that kind of projector thing that synced up with the lights in your home that also synced up with your video game, right? Remember, that was just the concept. Razer is very good at bringing concepts only uh, to the show floor and just saying, yeah, we did it. Our software engineers are geniuses. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> cool. When's it going to be available? Yay, we did it. Not going to be available. We're just showing you that we can. And um, and now, now it is available. So essentially um, what's going to happen is that the, they've announced an official partnership with Philips Hue and it allows you to sync uh, with the Philips Hue V2 Bridge. And if you have a PC with Razer's Synapsys 3 software installed, um, and obviously the, the Chroma Gear, which I think you have quite a bit of, um, you're all set. I, I'm sure there's a, a few other setups that you have to do and everything. But, um, Quentin, I think your house is pretty much done. You All you need is is a, a Philips Hue V2 Bridge, a Philips Hue Color... Okay, a color-capable light. You have, have that. The, the the latest Philips Hue app, and then, like I said, the the uh, Razer Synapsys three software installed. Done. Okay. Yay, Quentin! But you're ahead of the curve. The only problem is, unless it starts syncing with uh, Xbox, I'm gonna run into serious issues because. <laughs> I was playing. Your lights are gonna go crazy. The, the last pro, the last game that I was playing on uh, PC was uh, 
Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and ever since it came out on Xbox, I've switched completely over to Xbox, which is crazy. By the way, a little side note: I played the PC version for eighty hours, got one chicken dinner the entire time, played the Xbox version for twenty six hours now, and I'm currently at ten. <laughs> But I I get that because you're used to the controller controls, right? Your 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 uh, versatility in sword and board isn't as apt as a regular Xbox controller. So somebody that is coming from not necessarily PCMR, but just the sword and board world, and you give them a an Xbox controller, I'm sure after twenty hours they too would be able to get a few chicken dinners but it's just not something that they're fully um like familiar with the uh, reaction times and everything Mm. so again goes back to hey be good at what you're good at and if you want to try something new go ahead um so i don't i don't think that necessarily means that the xbox version is better i just think that you're used to it more because of the controls that's for sure (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true but anyway well did did you uh back to ces did you find anything else that was uh to your uh, amusement liking or interest <laughs> you know i really want to see these new sony tvs in person they yeah. look so nice goodness yeah. gracious their bezel is just tiny the one thing I really admire with Sony is that even though they are using LG panels, the Sony software really crisps it up in their Bravia lines. It's really immaculate. They're just so pretty. Like, man. And then that... <laughs> I know they've done short throw projectors for a while, but their new one with the marble top is really pretty. Yeah. No, definitely gorgeous. Really gorgeous. You just have to think about the price, and then you'll not be interested. Because what was it last year? Last year's model was what fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's all. Just the drop in the butt bucket. Or was that's it one hundred and fifty thousand? Either way, I'm down. Just give me two, because <laughs> I have two walls. <laughs> Obvious. Obviously, I could fit both. Well, obviously, you couldn't afford a, for- a third and fourth with trying to get that thing. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm I'm out on my third and fourth wall. My bad. Which, by the way, if you don't <laughs> know what a short throw projector is, it instead of sitting on the ceiling or on a some sort of pedestal projecting to the wall, it sits right up against said wall and projects straight up into the wall. It's very interesting. It looks really cool, but it is really expensive tech. Yeah, I mean, just like any other tech, in in a number of years from now, that tech will be as cheap as the tech is today. But we're still talking about 20, 30 years from now, right? I think 10 years from now, it'll be half the price of what it is now, but it's still going to be relatively expensive to that of buying just a big F-off TV. Um, speaking of which, in other TV news, uh, one uh, panel that amazed me, going back to LG panels, they announced the 65-inch OLED TV that rolls. Did you see this thing? I saw someone talking about it. Tell me more. 
Yeah, so basically it rolls from the bottom. It's not like one of those uh, blinds that roll up from the top. It rolls up from the bottom, so there's a little bit of a base. And it rolls up in a circle, and you hit a button, and it just kind of rises up. And it's it because it rolls, it has to be super thin. It's OLED. You have a 16 by 9 aspect ratio, 21 by 9, a cinematic ratio. Um there's no price because it's it's literally just a prototype, but it's LG demonstrating once again that they have the means to create a foldable and rollable uh, uh, L, um, OLED panel that is at full 4K resolution. What they haven't shown in this regard is a full foldable and rollable panel that's also touchscreen. But we'll get to that, right? I mean, we're you know Samsung already showed that off many years ago that they have a rollable panel um, that's touchscreen, and it's 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 amazing. All these prototypes that we will never see come to market is stirring all this innovation that will maybe the the, the little bits of technology will proliferate through the through the tech market in the you know in the near future. But we'll start to see the the bigger picture, no pun intended, of like of these like panels and 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 short throw projectors later on. Now I I didn't see any information on this because once again apparently I don't know how to look up news. Um, smart cars, anything interesting there? Oh my god, yeah, so many. So so funny story. Um, so there's a lot. Um, and I'm just going to tell you the ones that I know at the top of my head without having to look them up. Um, Nissan has a smart car uh, technology that will communicate to your brain. And this is more of a training technique, but it's um, it's so that the car will react a, a split second before your body would react to that of an accident or needing to make a turn or something like that. And they actually put uh, an apparatus on your head, which will then be connected via wire to the car and through cloud computing and all this other stuff, it would be able to make sure that you're, you know, not only driving safer, but if any kind of quick reaction needs to be done, it'll do it quicker before your own uh, reflexes will enact. So there's that. Um, Fancy. As a car company, Ford obviously is really big into um, the automotive and automated technology these days. But the reality is not everybody is buying new cars every year. You know, we're, we're more interested in buying new consoles, TVs, and phones. So new cars are kind of like a once every five to 10 year kind of purchase. So what Ford wants to do is really create a smart city platform where in a smart city, all the cars talk to each other, which will in turn talk to all the smart uh, ride share hailing companies like Lyft and Uber, which will in turn talk to the buses, which will talk to the trams, which will also talk to the ride sharing bikes that you can buy or rent rather. And it's it's this whole idea that we're in autom- auto, automotive uh, industry. We understand how cars work. We understand how traffic flow works. They're going to use, again, this cloud computing AI mesh 
that um, other companies can tack into. And that's their hope. That's their dream that that um, they don't necessarily control all the cars. That's not what Ford wants. But what Ford um, is hoping to do is have this platform where other companies can can provide data uh, not just to Ford, but back to them as well, too, so they can improve their own products um, to to make the cars either safer or um, to have a, a wider uh, self-automated uh, driving fleet for Uber or for like UPS or Amazon, things like that. Um, there was Toyota announced this uh, fully autonomous I want to call it a box because we'll just call it a box, but it's this fully autonomous box that's modular. So within the box, you can like move pieces around and it can either be a car, a van, a bus, or a hotel room because, you know, why not? Now, what they're not <laughs> saying is how the hotel room works. They they just said it could be a hotel room. I think it's just a hotel room like... It's just kind of it, it, it's one of those like um what's it called not a caravan but an RV right it's an RV that would go to specialized events like a CES or a Mobile World Congress or an E3 and there's a bunch of them there's like a fleet of them and for people that weren't lucky enough to be able to get a hotel room they could rent a room from these mobile these mobile RVs. But the reason why it's so like innovative versus an RV, where it's this big, gargantuan, ugly thing um, that you have to drive, this one drives itself. You could potentially say, hey, I want you to pick me up here, um, and then it would then drive to a designated area where it can uh, you know, dock for the night, and uh, then you don't have to worry about looking for a hotel room. I don't think that you could... Um, get into the back of it and sleep like it would be a sleeper car on a train. I don't think it's it's like that, but maybe maybe in the future we'll get to that point. I don't know. Hey Tony, if I can sit, I can sleep. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. That's I'm not driving in your car. No, last year, <laughs> last year we had this like I don't want to call him a new up and comer, but it was a newer person to like the car space to like the, like it was a ticket. Like Fair day. Fair day. Yep. Yep. Did, did, Fair, do any, Fair did day. they say anything? Are they, are they alive? Yeah. So Fair day, Fair, Fair, Fair day kind of, you know, they're not really doing anything right now. <laughs> they're, they're, um, I, I would have to look up exactly what their, what, what their game is right now, because, um, I, I heard that, uh, Faraday, or Faraday Future is, is the full name. Um, they're still around. Um, essentially, according to Jalopnik.com, um, at CES they have um, all electric crossover called the FF91 or Faraday Future 91. And um, I don't know. It's it's nothing like super. Awesome! It's supposed to compete with the model, uh, the Tesla Model S, um, has a um, 1,050 horsepower, um, a frame that spans 206 inches. It's about a foot longer than the Tesla Model X. Um, yeah, I mean it's a self-driving car. It looks like an SUV. So just picture an SUV, and <laughs> that's what it is. It's it's nothing like amazing. Um, in terms of like the look of, of how it looks, mm. I would say what's what's more interesting about it is the literal behind the scenes stuff. 
right? So uh, if if you remember, the whole idea of what Faraday Future wanted to do is we uh, is that they said we have a physical platform in which that you can create any kind of shape, color, um, and body of a car, and we will provide the chassis, the platform, and the batteries. That is our game. And whoever you want to, whoever you are, Mr. Designer, whoever you work for, if you want to work with us, we will build the chassis and the batteries, and then you just build everything else out, and then it'll it'll be settled from there. I don't believe that Faraday as a company is ever going to have their own, like, actual product product out in the market other than some of these prototypes that we've been seeing for the past three years. Um, But, hey, who knows? Good for them. (laughs) Yeah. But you know one thing, going back to to, – your your love of cameras um i also love cameras but i i i uh, i love the mobile phone kind of uh, technology i i know it's not as good as a mirrorless camera or a you know a D, uh, a uh, dslr or something like that but on your iphone 10 and my pixel the qualities of these photographs are getting immaculate. What's missing is the stability of video. And that's why there there's a lot of these smartphone stabilizers that are getting really, really popular. Mm. I'd say the most popular one is actually by DJI, the Osmo. And that came out last year at $299. And that's when I immediately said, huh, thank you. No, thanks. I'm not, no way, not buying that whatsoever. But at CES this year, DJI announced the new Osmo 2, which is going to be $129. That's a lot more accessible. uh, That's for sure. A lot more accessible. Um, You would like this. It's going to be exclusive to the Apple Store, at least for now. Um, They might might open that that up. That's, That's terrible. Well, it is for now. Remember, exclusivity... For a short term, I, I don't necessarily have a problem. What I would have a bigger problem is that if I were to walk into the uh, the Apple store and buy one of these things, um, especially with my wife saying, yes, I could, because she would kill me if I just bought one at $129 without asking her permission. That's what marriage is. <laughs> um, uh, if it said, yay, I, I'm, I'm yours, but you don't have an iPhone, so I don't work. Like that that amount of exclusivity, I would not be would not be on board with. Um, but just having to go to an, an Apple store is not a big deal to me. I don't, I, I honestly don't care about that, but I, I'm, I know it's going to come to Best Buy and B and H and obviously new and all these other companies eventually, but you know, DJI needs to make their money and have the exclusivity in the Apple stores. I it's, it's, it's not a big deal. One thing that, um, uh, I, I do like about the new one is that the mo- the new model um, can actually mount the phone in portrait mode. So if you're doing something like a Facebook Live uh, stream or an Instagram story, something that requires your phone to be in portrait mode, even though I hate taking video in portrait mode, a lot of these social apps only take, take video in portrait mode when you're live streaming um, because of the frame rate issues. No, oh, that's a whole um, other subject that's that's a whole nother subject but it you know it's a you know tech it's a tech tech issue um the uh the osmo mobile 2 will support portrait mode video 
So that's exciting. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, li- I, I literally will probably be picking this up. It's going to be available uh, sometime uh, early this year. And the other thing too, the batteries are not replaceable. Um, they're, um, but it will get up to 15 hours of battery life on a single charge. Whereas the one from last year got up to 4.5 hours on, on a, uh, on a single charge. And that was a replaceable battery on the, on the last one. Like double A's? I don't know. I think uh, it might be 18650 kind of battery, like one of those vape, vape batteries, like the big fat ones that I have. Now, now you mentioned in, in pre-show the Sony Dog. Did you did you find that to be interesting at all, or did you think it was um, the Ibo, the new Sony Ibo? Do you think it was kind of a waste of time? Um. <laughs> It's an interesting concept. It's interesting to see it like so articulate with its movements and able to, uh, you know, just act like a real dog. But then what was the price point at like eighteen hundred dollars or something like that? It's just some. Re- well, well, first off, it's not it's not going to be available in the United States. I don't even think that they had any plans to bring it to the U.S. It's only available in Japan. But still like, oh, my and, goodness. And, you have to and and also recognize the society in which um that this is catered toward this is for a the super rich um but also b a society that already embraces robot help um Japan for many years has had these very expensive kind of robot helpers for the elderly it's literally this thing that rolls around behind you and has a happy face or a sad face. And it's just like this weird companion that's not like Data, you know? It's not like C-3PO or it's not even really like R2 because R2-D2 has his own personality. But this is just like this thing that has a face that's just a smile. (laughs) And it just – but it just helps the elderly or or people that just want companionship – a, a platonic companionship just to be there. And I think that's really interesting that they were able to uh, accept this kind of artificial companionship where they know that this in reality has no love for me, but it's smiling and it makes me feel warm inside. I will spend $2,000 on that. And there's a lot of people that will. Um, now, arguably, most of them are like, um, I don't want to call them old folks homes that are buying it and then, you know, just kind of renting it out to the different tenants. Um, but in reality, that's that's kind of where uh, the demographic is. The 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 one thing, though, about this new IBO, first off, if you're listening, compare the old IBO. Look at the first IBO that came out. It was a super, super robotic looking dog. It kind of looked like um, the dog from uh, the Jetsons, which, you know, in its own right kind of cool super spacey looking this one's adorable he's so cute he's got led uh, oled eyeballs and he like full-on like um like um, uh not impressions but like responses like you scratch his head you scratch his tummy um his chin he follows you um he sits when you want him to sit and um there's about a 26 dollar monthly fee um, so you can communicate back to the mothership, so to speak. 
But, you know, that's probably cheaper than you actually having to buy actual dog food and, you know, changing pads or uh, doggy bags and stuff like that. So, you know, it's like owning a real pet. <laughs> Just you don't have to clean up after it. Well, the last thing I'll say about the dog is I still prefer the real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <of laughs> Cleaning course. up waste or not, like, I'll I'll take the real thing. No, um, d- definitely. Actually, yeah. do you, little side question, do you know how it charges? Yeah, you stick it up its a and it's right. I don't. Oh, I have that's no, what I was hoping for. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. That's a that's a very pragmatic question. Um, I have read a number of articles and seen a couple of videos. Um, uh, Sony did not really give the press physical hands on, uh, or at least too much hands on with the Ibo. Uh, a lot of it was like um, you could be within five feet of looking at it, but they only had very specific people kind of holding it. Um, and no one really ad- uh, addressed that question, which is a, you know, it's a very valid question. It's, it's definitely one that uh, needs, needs to be the thought of. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those iRobot uh, uh, vacuums where it just goes back into the dock in the corner of the room after every four hours or something. Um, and no, that's it. That's it. That's the other thing. The, ba- the battery isn't that. Batteries. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. The the battery is only like three hours, so it's like, yay! Okay, go back to sleep. This <laughs> is like walks back to his charging dock, I guess. <laughs> All right. So the last thing I want to bring up is something that, um, it, it it it's, I don't know, how it affects me directly. But it's something that I find very interesting, and that is Google is introducing a new smart display platform. So did you see the Amazon Echo Show that they announced last year, which was basically the Amazon Echo Alexa thing but with a screen on it? Right. I remember that. So Google is announcing their own version of that. But instead of them building it, they're having partners build it. So at CES, JBL, Lenovo, LG, and Sony have all demonstrated their their version of the smart speaker. Um, Lenovo's version actually, I think, is really cool looking. Um, it's got you know a a large touchscreen with the grill on one side of it. JBL's looks kind of like an egg with uh, stereo speakers on either side of the touchscreen. Uh, Google is really adamant about saying that this is not a tablet. This is a smart speaker that hooks into the Google Assistant um, that also allows you to Google cast um, certain things. One interesting thing is that it, it actually allows you to cast YouTube because if I don't know if you've been following along in, in, the, in the past couple of months, but YouTube was originally on the the Amazon Echo Show. Then they took it away. Somebody somehow got a fake version up there. They banned that. And then Google brought YouTube back to the Echo Show and then took it away. And now you can do YouTube on this thing. <laughs> so it, it makes sense why they took it away from the Amazon Echo Show. Um, but I I, I, I – I think that they have some um, pricing uh, as low as like uh, one hundred ninety nine dollars, at least on the Lenovo version. But um, now that I've gotten into the whole Google Home, Google Home Mini thing, um, this is very intriguing to me um, because 
the the smarter my home gets, the more easily access accessible I can do certain things. But I don't know. Do you do you, do you think that this is something that uh, you would um, ever buy for your house? No, I have to. I have to go back on a statement I gave you a couple episodes ago. For Christmas, I got the Destiny Alexa Ghost for my wife. And right. to get that to work, I had to get her the actual Alexa. Right. It's nice. I really like it. <laughs> like, it is nice to just walk in the room and just issue a command, whether it be to turn on or change the lights or just ask a question she's actually pretty good. I gotta say, like, she's actually not that bad. And she can turn on my TV. And she can turn on my TV, which is freaking awesome. Hey, Quentin, can she turn on your TV? Nope. <laughs> I'm so confused. No, it, it, yeah, it's actually pretty good. So I'm, I'm enjoying these little smart speakers now. I don't listen to a lot of music around the house, hmm. so I don't see myself getting one of these bigger ones that has the nice speakers to it. Um, the screen ones intrigue me because I like the thought of having information displayed, having like you know your day or your week shown, but it's not something that I want to be spending a decent amount of money on. Yeah, the the screen ones are weird to me too because generally I I and I guess this is a case by case situation, but generally I have my phone with me, so it seems I mean it's already redundant for me to be saying hey you know uh, um, Amazon hey Google whatever um, I hope I don't set off anybody's thing uh, do this for me and you know both the Google Home and my phone might want to do it for me. It's like, okay, if I add another thing, then that's just going to just be uber confusing. Um, and quite honestly, I don't know what it is, uh, but like, I, I just, I, I guess it's just the workflow thing. I feel more comfortable looking at my calendar on my phone because it's more of a vertical scrolling thing, kind of like a regular schedule would be. Whereas if it's on my google home or google smart um, smart speaker whatever the platform is called um mm -hmm. it's weird to me that it's readily available for everyone to look at and i know there i know you can turn on privacy fine whatever shut up i, I get it not you shut up but the other people um <laughs> and uh i uh but I, I just still feel find that kind of kind of odd i don't know it's, it's just something that it, it would i would have to really want to change my workflow to do it. Whereas with the Google home or the Google home mini and like your, your um, destiny ghost Alexa thing, um, you don't necessarily have to change your workflow. You have to remember that the thing can do certain things for you, but those certain things that does for you are actually more convenient and having a smart speaker that has a screen. I don't know how much more convenience that brings to me. You know, although I'm not a big fan of the screens, I am a fan of those, I don't know if you've seen them at all, the smart mirrors, where they, it's usually like a DIY project, there never seems to be 
anyone specifically making these, but it's basically has a mirror like in your bathroom and on the mirror, it bleeds through information as if it were a screen. So like maybe the weather for the day, the week, whatever, uh, your calendar, just a bunch of information to get you through. And the nice thing is you don't necessarily have to change your workflow because it's, it's in your mirror, right? You're going to hit that mirror anyway, doing your teeth or, you know, brushing your hair or whatever it is. Like you're going to check the mirror. So you'll see information there and be like, Oh, I've got a meeting today and it's in like an hour. I got to be prepared for it. So I think that's really cool, but I never see anyone, you know, actually selling these. It always seems to be like DIY project running rain meter. Yeah. So there's actually a few, um, DIY projects that I'm I'm familiar with. There's one that uh, Hackster.io um, put on the website uh, back in April of last year. Um, there was one that I think you and I saw it last year at CES, which was done with a Raspberry Pi, um, and it's and it's using the, the same kind of um, opaque see-through screen where it's the regular mirror, but you you do see your your daily uh schedule or the or the uh weather maybe a little bit of the news feed on 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 the side of the mirror i think one big thing that a lot of these companies why they're not really pushing smart mirrors is because that's freaky that's a little eerie right i mean because like we it's 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 literally a company is mapping your face and telling you hey your face looks like looks like this says and and telling you hey your face looks like this you should change your makeup to make it look like this and or if you're someone that doesn't wear makeup like hey you look like you have wrinkles under your eyes maybe you should put this cream on so you don't look like you're tired all the time and i i think that's a little bit too too weird and eerie for the current uh, climate that we're in right now. Um, however, with that being said, um, at CES 2018, there is a smart mirror that tells you how wrinkly you are. <laughs> uh, the high mirror, which actually is combined with the Amazon Alexa voice assistant, will offer advice on taking care of skin, makeup tutorials, and the ability to quote unquote track skincare goals when using new products. It has a 10.1 inch display um, that uses a camera, obviously, to uh, analyze skin complexion. And um, it even will point out the imperfections from red spots to wrinkles. So I think your answer, your rather, I think your question is being answered almost there to what you're looking for. But we're, we're, we're getting close. I just don't think the mass market wants it right now, but definitely the tech is capable of it. Now, the ones that I've always looked at don't have any sort of camera or face tracking or any of that. It just has a display. Okay, so so you're looking for a a smart mirror that basically doesn't help you change your physicality. It's more of, instead of... It's more of having like one of these smart screens that Google's trying to do embedded behind the mirror the mirror glass, correct? 
Right. Yeah. Um, not, I don't care about face tracking or skin care. Well, because you know I mean, you're cool, beautiful but... every day, so you know <laughs> other people like me. We have to try to get to your caliber of sexiness. Um, but no, I, I, I still think that having a smart mirror that doesn't look at you but just kind of tells you your day is the same issue that we have with smart refrigerators. They're expensive. And the limitation of what it can do does not outweigh its convenience. I could see that. I still want it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, go build one, you lazy bum. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll definitely get there. Did you hear about Project Linda? Nope. Project Linda is another one of those razor uh concepts if you remember last year project valerie was that yeah that was really cool and it got like stolen it got stolen yeah and they tried to sell it on craigslist which i find hilarious Um, project what so the new one is called project linda linda enter yeah so project linda is basically a laptop that is powered by the razor phone so a little bit of a little bit of history there was a company that was called Nextbit. They created a phone called the Nextbit Robin. It was a Kickstarter phone. It was very, very innovative in how they did a little bit of cloud computing. Um, it was very, very uh, interestingly designed. It was fully funded. But then as a company, it didn't really kick off. It didn't really go anywhere. And then Razer picked them up. And then a few months later, they created the Razer phone. I'm not going to go into the details of what the Razer phone has, but in in essence, it is the ultimate gaming phone. Like if you're a mobile gamer, you need the Razer phone. It has the best processors. It has the best speakers. It has one of the most vibrant and most beautiful screens. And it has a crap camera. Because it's not a phone that is focusing on the, the full photography aspect like an iPhone 10 or, 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 or a Pixel or a Samsung Galaxy. No, this one is purely for the gamer on the go. But what the Project Linda allows you to do is instead of a, a trackpad in the laptop body, you actually place your phone in that tray. Your phone turns into the mouse trackpad and thusly powers the laptop and the laptop is running Android through your phone. Now we've seen this. Ah. Bef- we've seen this before. Okay, this is not new. Android as a desktop or a laptop operating system is still kind of crass. It's it's still kind of like rickety. It's not going to run Windows. It's not going to run Linux. It's not going to run a uh, Mac OS or whatever they call it now. But for what it is, this is the cleanest most cohesive and I would say most beautifully designed phone to laptop dock concept I have ever seen because it is not only does it give the phone a little bit more juice, not only does it give you a a little bit more memory and obviously battery life when you dock it. um, I just, I just find that the idea of why am I using the uh, you can keep the laptop super thin and I'm just going to put the phone where my trackpad would be and the phone becomes my trackpad. I, I just think that that is an ingenious idea 
that is going to fall short because like I said, we, this is not the first time we've seen this. And every time we see it, because it runs Android, as you so clearly said with your groans and moans, Android on desktop sucks and it's getting <laughs> better. It is getting better, but it's not full windows. It's not even full Chromebook. It's not, you know, it's Android. So it has its problems. Um, but I think if, if companies were to continue to innovate on this, we would we would get somewhere um, in a world where you can literally go home, dock your phone in such a way that it's non-invasive. It just makes sense to dock your phone in this weird way, and that becomes your desktop. And that is what I want. I want my desktop to be as uh, I want my phone to be as powerful as my desktop is. And when I say that, I mean a desktop that can do 4K graphics that has like the equivalent of an i7 quad core, 32 gigabytes of RAM. I want all that in a phone and then I can dock it and it runs full Windows, but the phone will run Android. And I know this is a completely dream statement, but that's how that's how success is made through dreams and through 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 action and i'm telling you this is going to happen probably never but only in my mind but at least from a technological standpoint we're getting there what do you think about this the interesting you're right we've seen this a couple times i remember last year we saw a couple of them and i was interested in them being the first time i saw them and you're like, no, 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 they've been here for a few years now, you know, showing off their concept year by year by year, but never actually showing off a product. Um, and I also do agree, like, this is the one that looks the best as well out of the ones that you've shown me, the one that we saw at CES. Um, their concept looks amazing uh, looking at the photos here. It'd be interesting to know, like, you know, does it have a battery in it? Is it powered entirely by the phone? Um, it's very interesting concept here, but my, the, you, you said, you said it as well. It, because it runs Android, it's a little bit of a hindrance. Like it's, it's, it's missing out. <laughs> it doesn't have the full capabilities of a full laptop. If it could make it, if they could make it to where when you plug it in, it powered the computer and somehow ran windows, like then this could be a game changer. But right. as of right now, it's just a really cool thing. Look, I can run I can run Android. That's cool, but Android stops at tablets. As soon as you have an Android tablet, like that's as far as Android can really take you. When you come to desktop software, it really falls short. It's not quite a Chromebook. It's not nearly a Windows computer. It just they can't do what it has so much potential of doing. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be some millennials that might listen to this and say, I do all my work online. I barely use apps. And the apps that I do use, there's an Android app for it. So if they were to make it compatible with this desktop environment, why do I need it? Um and this is an argument that you and I get into with our our daily job all the time. Right. Why can't I do this on my phone? Right. Well, not just on my phone. I don't need, 
you know, someone's like, I, I can use a Chromebook because I do everything online and I don't need physical memory. I don't need to download actual actual programs. And the biggest thing that I say to that is, okay, well, when you get a real job, you're not going to have a Chromebook. I mean, f- generally speaking, unless your real job is going to be with like a, a tech startup or something like that, generally speaking, um, they all use Windows. They all use, uh, you know, and I don't have to convince you. You already know this. But I'm saying to the people that are out there, your your resume doesn't say that you're proficient in Google Docs. It says you're proficient in Word, Excel, or PowerPoint. And and in order to do that, y- you need Windows environment to get the full-fledged version. And I think this is going to be very good, just like Chromebooks are, just like Chromebooks are. I think this is going to be very good for a certain kind of person, a certain kind of Internet user. It's not very good for everybody. And mm. until we until we get there where it's very good for everybody, that means full x86 downloads. Now, here's the thing. On the, on the flip side to that, it does kind of look like Windows is trying to push everybody to just do store apps, right? They have Windows 10S. So they kind of want everyone to do store apps. So, you know, if Audacity had a store app, if Discord had a store app, um, if you could actually download Chrome in the store, which is never going to happen because um, you saw what happened uh, uh, four four weeks ago with that. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's we're still going to have x86, but the more and more that we push forward, I think the store is definitely something that um, Microsoft wants to proliferate into the social norm of where you get your programs. And then if we do everything through the store, then and only then, I think, can we get to something like this where you don't necessarily need the most powerful computer, but you're still able to do the things that you want to do in a personal, professional, and um, casual environment. All right, well, that is it for this week. Um, As always, Quentin, it's great to hear your insight and input and hey, maybe maybe you and I can go to CES next year uh, without necessarily being tied down to the company time and just walk around again. That would be fun. Or we could scooter around and I could fall off all the time because I was watching the videos from last year of me falling off that one wheel thing. And I look so awkward. <laughs> I was leading with my neck. What the hell was I thinking? You don't... <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, um, yeah. 2019, we might be there. Um, how can people follow you online? Yeah, either on Xbox or on Twitter uh, with Firewall. There you go, folks. He's got something else. <laughs> I've he's, always had Twitter. He's I've got always something had else. It's just I don't use it that much. I mean, I tweeted one time in December, and that's because some lady was coughing into open air not covering her mouth at all. And I'm pretty sure, honestly and truly, I'm pretty sure I, she got me sick. Um, well, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put a pastor. Um, and I'm glad you're better. Um, I'm glad. I think my whole side of the family is also better. So that's good. Um, and, uh, I'm glad that you blamed her and not me. Cause I know there was a time that you did blame me. Although I was, <laughs> A few thousand miles away from you. You got uh, yeah. this. Firewall, Twitter, and Xbox. Spelling found in the description. 
down below. Um, as for me, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, Twitter. Lazy Tech Tony, Lazy Tech TV, Lazy Tony Vapes, and Teen Ninja Three Thousand. Type all those things in. You'll find me in one of those places, and we will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye guys. <laughs>